Hello there and welcome to a special edition of TWM, the weekly roundup programme of the Scottish Football Monitor, asking the questions that the mainstream media will not ask, right here at sfm.scot. This time we'll be speaking to David Lowe, currently on business in New York, to get his take on the recent accounts released by Rangers. Accounts where losses were again reported, where the words break-even were not mentioned, and despite the expected positive spin from the board, were not at all well received by the Rangers fans. So without wasting any more time, let's get straight to the expert. I spoke to David and he was telling the audio quality is sometimes not what we would like it to be ideally. David, thanks for joining us again. The tone of Rangers' accounts is not the bullish one of past years. In fact, it seems that all targets appear to have been missed, both financial and sporting. The promised return to a break-even status not even gets a mention. And crucially, after six years, they're still apparently unable to balance the books. Uh, Yeah, it's a pretty uh, poor set of accounts. I don't think even the most uh, ardent Rangers fan with a a knowledge of accounts, you know, would argue with that. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, positiveness to be garnered, you know, from the accounts. Uh, yes. Just another year of losses, uh, another year of more loans, uh, and a current year of even more losses and more loans beckons, uh, together with underperformance on, on, on the accounts are not very good. Wonder if we could get into some specifics. A key assumption in the accounts is that Rangers have, and I quote, an ability to secure further debt or equity finance from current investors or through a public share issue to allow the group to continue to meet its liabilities as they fall due. How is that going to be possible with the current takeover panel action? Well, with regard to the uh, share issue, I would say that is extremely unlikely. Uh, I cannot see that happening. We've basically got the chairman, the non-executive chairman, the non-resident chairman, uh, in a, a dispute uh, with the takeover panel, uh, and it's almost certain that uh, the courts you know, will find in favour of, of, of the takeover panel at the expense of the, the chairman. So against that backdrop, I cannot see any realistic prospect of there being a a Rangers share issue uh, in the foreseeable future, certainly with the current chairman's issue. Then you have to look at the specifics. It is a PLC. It's an unlisted PLC. It's not quoted on a recognized stock exchange. Uh, It has a history of losses since it was formed in 2012. It's never made a profit. Uh, It's been delisted from the alternative investment market. Uh, It's got debt. Its solvency is uh, under question. It can only remain solvent with uh, the promise of more loans from the current directors and the current directors' associates. So I don't see anybody other than, you know, die-hard Rangers fans having any interest in any share issue, should a share issue indeed take place. 
But even if they can do a share issue, there's now 16 million quids worth almost loans. Surely that means that a debt-to-equity swap at the time of any share issue would take up all the new shares, leaving nothing for a war chest or for working capital. Well, technically they can raise or sell or issue uh, as many shares as they want, subject to having the appropriate consents in place. But what the directors are saying or what the chairman's saying is that the loans that they have put into the club and the promise of more loans that they have to put into the club to keep the club solvent, taking the number up to the best part of £23 million, all of that is described uh, and justified as quasi-equity, that's the phrase that the chairman uses, and he and others have consistently said the intention, therefore, is to convert that debt to equity. So if they want to convert that debt to equity, and bearing in mind it's a PLC, and bearing in mind uh, the chairman and others are in dispute with the takeover panel, you ask yourself, at what price will these new shares be issued? How many shares will the concert party, which is still in place, uh, end up with? I can say without fear of qualification that it will be more than 29.9%. So therefore, a specter of another bid or another offer at whatever the issue price is. So it seems to me, you know, that the share issue sounds good, uh, but it's because basically it's impractical and I can't see it happening. Another quote from the accounts, uh, and a quote, the group is dependent upon raising additional finance to cover the projected cash shortfall of £4 million in season 2017-18 and a further £3.2 million in season 2018-19. In fact, Pedro Sakin may even have added to that for all I know. So what about the FIFA Fair Play regs? The, the, the statement issued with the accounts claims that they will be in compliance with those, but to the layman, that looks a bit fanciful, doesn't it? it, it that's, that, would, that would or could be the case, but two things. Number one, you've got to remember that uh, football or the football infrastructure from FIFA down to UFA down to local league level, SFA level, is essentially uh, self-policing. So I, I don't think you know, we in Scotland have got you know, the best people running football. I think that's evident by some of the, the, you know, the decisions that we've made in the last four or five years. But notwithstanding that, the loans that have gone into uh, Rangers International are described as quasi-equity. So yeah. that's how you get round you know, an aspect of the fair play rules by basically saying this is equity and basically saying that you have a plan to convert this debt to equity. What I'm basically suggesting, though, that I can't really see that happening uh, in the foreseeable future as things stand. Another thing, David, that's related to the takeover panel case, the the, the board say that they have discussed the club's forecast cash shortfall and that they've reached an agreement with New Oasis Asset Limited, that's Dave King's company, whereby they will provide additional loan facilities as necessary to meet the above requirements, which would be the shortfall. The takeover panel, I think, might find that strange given the fact that Dave King has told them during the court case that he's not in control of New Oasis Management and yet he appears to be uh, pledging on behalf of New Oasis Management some funds for the future. Surely the takeover panel are going to be asking questions. 
I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, until the, this uh, takeover uh, panel problem emerged, you know, a new, new oasis was Dave King, and Dave King was and the previous year's accounts effectively said as much. Now, since the takeover panel have appeared and compelled him to make this offer, uh, he's trying to distance himself from New Oasis. You know, I don't really think that's a plausible um, situation, and I don't really think you'll get away with that. Um, but at the end of the day, New, New Oasis does have the money, or I'm pretty sure has the money, because... The accountants for Rangers International wouldn't have signed off the accounts just on a I no bother basis. You know, I've got the money. Yeah. Uh, somebody will have had to have proven, you know, that they had the funds, the four million and the three point two million uh, needed this month, or the four millions needed this month, or some of the four million rather needed this month. Uh, the rest over the, the current season, then another three point two into the following season. So. You know, the auditors would have had to have seen proof of the availability of these funds. So I'm pretty sure the funds are available. It's not enough just for Dave King and or New Oasis to say, hey, don't worry, hey, we have the money to put into the club over the rest of the season and beyond. Mm -hmm. The auditors will have demanded uh, that the availability of funds is, is, is proven and I've no doubt that that, what, that is the case, was the case, and that the funds are there to finance the losses or the cash flow shortfall in the current year and into next year. Uh, but I'll say that's a very unpleasant situation. Nobody, no matter who they are, nobody, no matter how much money they've got, whether it's a little or whether it's a lot, you know, likes pouring money down a hole uh, with no or little apparent means of getting it back. So it's, it's not a healthy situation, shall we say. The forecast cash flows assume future transfer payables will be met by future transfer receivables. Although one of the other key points in the accounts is how crucial on-field performances are to the club's survival. So in terms of getting their money back, how can that circle be squared? If, as most of us believe, that investment in the playing side of things is the one way to get your money back. Well, I've understood the first part of your question. I mean, that's basically the bit about balancing the books. Transfer yeah. fees in will 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 be no more or no less than transfer fees out. So you would, I suppose, you would call that sensible. But at the end of the day, I mean, the major problem for Rangers is that it's had it's so far behind Celtic. I think never in the history of the club or the clubs. So I want to get into involved. I want to get involved in the debate about whether it's a new club or not. But certainly. Over the duration of the, the Celtic and the Rangers relationship, the gap has never, never been as wide as it is now. And that's not really a matter of opinion, that's a matter of fact. Uh, Rangers, before it went bust in 2012, had a turnover of 56 million. And the current incarnation, you know, has a turnover of 29 million. So it's nowhere near being or generating as much money as the previous Rangers. Uh, whereas Celtic's revenues are the highest they've ever been. Celtic's revenues are 90 million, uh, using a round number. So Celtic's turnover revenues are three times more than Rangers. So I'm saying that gap's never been bigger. I'm also saying that the gap between Rangers, Hibs Hearts and uh, Aberdeen has never been narrower. 
you know, Rangers will do well, in my opinion, to keep their heads ahead of the other three that are chasing them, uh, you know, rather than Celtic, uh, because the other three clubs are patently getting stronger. I mean, Hibs' revenues, when they, or Hibernia's revenues, when they declare them all, will probably, probably be at record levels. Uh, same with Hearts. I think Aberdeen might already have brought their accounts out. The Rangers' revenues are roughly two times uh, these three clubs and so they're nearer to the three clubs than they are to Celtic. So why do I say this? It's very difficult to come from that far behind whilst you don't have any money capable of uh, getting nearer to Celtic. So it's not a very good position in, view, in terms of getting Rangers back to you know where they've been uh, in the past. Uh, it's a tough one. David, every year when the Rangers accounts come out, I ask you what you would do to try and turn things round. You did suggest that they should bury the hatchet with Mike Ashley, and it certainly appears as if they've done that. So, g- given that as perhaps a springboard for moving forward, what would you do to try to get Rangers back to the Rangers of the, the 1990s, the 1970s? What would you do to try and give a, a winning competitive team back to those supporters? The 1970s, they weren't very good. I think they were the fourth best team in Scotland. Uh, so that's not a good thing. Uh, uh, indeed, since 1965, it, it, you know, I, I think they've been in a long-term downtrend. But I think I know what you're saying. It's like when Fergus McCann came into Celtic, he had a checklist of things you needed. Number one, you needed a big boss in a controlling position. They don't have that. They needed stability. And a one-for-all attitude, you know, they don't have that. Uh, they needed money, and they don't have that. Uh, one of McCann's quotes was, uh, money doesn't guarantee success, but no money guarantees no success. Uh, so they need money. Uh, so stability, money, and a, a commanding figure. And I don't think they have any of that at the moment. At the end of the day, there's some strange things. You know, Dave King is a non-resident. There are no executive directors on the board of the company that owns Rangers. Not one. The parents are signed off by a non-executive, non-resident based in South Africa, uh, as is and the finance reports unnamed, the operational reports unnamed. There are no executive directors on the board. That's, quite frankly, that's bizarre. So... They could, they need, uh, there's nobody with any football experience on the board. There's another problem. So the starting point is stability, money, and a good executive management team. And uh, drop all this, nobody likes us, we don't care malarkey. If nobody likes you, uh, you should care. Because it's not doing you any good. They should just get, roll the sleeves up and uh, try and be the best they can be instead of blaming the world and his wife for the predicament. In short then, basically what you're saying is that the expectations need to be managed. Yeah. I mean, this is just another football club. Same as Celtic and all the other clubs. They're just football clubs. Rangers has no special status or no special privileges or no right to win anything. It's a Celtic and the others. So... uh, the other thing is, you know, all the trophies that were won, you know, since the mid-1980s, and we won't get into the the debate about 
uh, whether they cheated or not, we'll leave, leave that to one, one, one side. They were all debt financed, though. Mm-hmm. Rangers fans seem to think that's the glory years. Well, it's, these were the exceptional years. has always lived within its means, except during the period 1986 right up to 2008. David Murray started the debt splurge in Scottish football and, and he ended it. But that's the exception, not the rule. Football's back to living within its means. And, uh, and therefore, this club, just like all the other clubs, you know, has to live within its means and not spend more, more, more than you earn. So I, I don't think that's fully appreciated by some of the people in and around Rangers who seem to think they're special. Is it possible that they could find a, a Fergus McCann-style figure who could come in there, spend some money, risk some money in an attempt to get at that Champions League revenue that Celtic have had for the past couple of years? Yes, if you can find such. Uh, you know, that seems to be the ideal situation. Find uh, a very wealthy, and it has to be an exceptionally wealthy, because football is not no longer for millionaires. Football is at the highest level for multi-millionaires. You have to have real people with real money, and you have to have management talent, and you have to take the long view. You know, this is not, Rangers are not going to be fixed in a day or a year or a season. Uh, you know, this is a five-stroke, ten-year program that's required. Uh, and, and as I said earlier, it needs money, it needs management, and it needs stability uh, to enable the club to get on with its job. So who, who's going to provide that money? Lots of people have come and gone. Lots of names have been mentioned in the last five years. I, I don't know whether any of them are candidates. You know, your Jim McCall's. He probably doesn't want the hassle, but you never know. You know, Brian Kennedy, who's a bottom fisher, value investor, you know, he's always there or thereabouts. I'm not aware of any others that are that interested. It might suit, you know, an overseas investor who, you know, is looking for, you know, a club with a fan base, uh, you know, with realistic prospects of getting into Europe every year. If if, uh, uh, if if that's what they want, you know, you know, Rangers might fit that bill, uh, but uh, it will require an awful lot of investment, probably 25 to 50 million, uh, to bridge the gap that's opened up, as I said earlier, between Celtic and Rangers. Okay, David, another bleak prognosis, but thanks very much for joining us today and safe return home. Thanks to David Lowe for his time and expertise. I think in the Rangers front we keep returning to one theme. Whether you agree or not that they're a new club, this is a different world for Rangers. The old expectations are in many ways crippling the ability of the new organisation to put down solid roots and throwing good money after bad, as well as a lack of proper boardroom football acumen, is stunting their potential growth. It's understandable that many of those people currently in the board have put money into the club because they care, but they need to use their cash better and do what most business folk would and look for modest, steady growth, eschewing the get-rich-quick delusions that have been unproductive over the last five years. Okay, well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more chatter, gossip and speculation, but before we go, just a wee word about our absence these past weeks. The reason for that was that our telephone balance unit, which allowed us to make quality recordings of telephone interviews, went on the bung, to use a technical term. That was over the summer. 
We've been trying to raise the cash to replace it via sponsorship, but thus far we've been unsuccessful. The Weekly Monitor gets over 30,000 downloads per episode, so commercial exposure therefore is real and wide for this medium. We're looking for a sponsor or sponsors for the show, and if you're interested in helping us or you know anyone who could, please contact us on sfm at sfm.scot. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks to David Lowe once again and to all of you for tuning in to the Weekly Monitor. I've been John Cole from everyone here at sfm.scot. Bye for now and see you next week.